We are in one of the most joyous holiday seasons of the year. At least that's the way I feel about it. And those of you who know me and know me well can certainly attest to that fact. I love the Christmas season as much or more than any child actually does. And tomorrow we'll celebrate Christmas Day. This is a season of the year when people are speaking and singing the name of Christ. Some are possibly even thinking of Christ. More so than at any other time during the year. So perhaps... Since people are singing the name of Christ and speaking the name of Christ and thinking more about the Christ, maybe, just maybe, we ought to be thinking about making room for Christ in our lives. To be sure, we do not know exactly when Jesus Christ came to this earth. You see, the time of year, actually because of a mistake in the calendar, even the year itself is uncertain. But though we don't know the time of the year and we don't know the exact year, what we do know is that Jesus came. That's what's important. Because the coming of Jesus Christ is the most and was the most important event that's ever occurred in our world. Divinity invaded earth. Did you catch that? Divinity invaded earth. And I want you to understand something. I chose that word invaded with some very careful thought. For God in the flesh... To come to the earth. My friends, that was an invasion of enemy territory. Because it was through sin. The sin of mankind. That Satan had become the prince of this world. And Jesus coming from His throne in heaven. To dwell among humanity happened once and only once in the history of the world. And make no mistake about it. That was the most important event of all time. And yet, as important as that was, the story of the coming of Jesus is a story whose sadness seems to actually deepen with the passing of the centuries. The angel of suffering has come to Mary. Her brow is crowned with the sweet radiance of motherhood. And in Mary's arms she's holding a baby. And the baby that Mary is holding in her arms is heaven's king. More than that, He's the king of this world. And he's the king of all worlds. It was of this baby that Mary's holding 
that the prophet Isaiah sang these words, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us is born a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And He came to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. The birth of Jesus is an event that's so glorious that all of heaven thrills at the wonder of it all. There was a star. A star in the sky that pointed to the manger cradle with fingers of light. An angel proclaimed glad tidings of great joy in words that will never lose their sweetness. The angel proclaimed, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A heavenly choir sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. But our text this morning sheds light on this day for our day and time as well as that day so long ago. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, there's a statement there that we have heard all of our lives. Some of the saddest words ever spoken. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. My friends, that child in that manger was the wonder of heaven. And the wonder of heaven is little shared by our sin-darkened world of the 21st century. In that far-off day, a few wise men followed the pointing fingers of that star. And they soon came to where the child was and they offered their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. There were a little handful of shepherds who heard the message of the angel and they made their way to Bethlehem and they would also find the Christ child. But so many in our jaded world of the 21st century are like the innkeeper of that day so long ago. Our world, for the most part, passes Jesus Christ by with unseeing eyes. That innkeeper in that far off day. Have you ever thought about him? Have you ever thought about just how close he was to greatness? How close he was to being able to put a sign on his end. Jesus Christ was born here. But he missed it. And he missed it all together. In his blindness... That innkeeper in that far off day threw the supreme gift of heaven into a stable because there was no room in the inn. 
And since that distant day, Christ has grown to manhood. We read He spoke as never a man spake. He showed Himself to be the wisdom of God and He showed Himself to be the power of God and He went to the cross for the redemption of my soul and yours. And dying on that cross, He broke the bonds of death. And over the centuries, Jesus has lifted empires off their hinges and has changed the entire course of human history. Jesus Christ accounts for all that is best and all that is most beautiful in our world. And yet, like that innkeeper who had no room in the inn, for multitudes of people today, they are actually living a life without Christ. Not just at this season when the majority of the world is actually focused on Christ. But there are people living a life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year without Jesus Christ being a part of their lives. Why? Well, there are some who have actually never heard the story of Jesus. And there are others who have over the years heard the story of Jesus. And they've heard the story of Jesus over and over. And they could tell you the story of Jesus as well as I can tell you the story of Jesus. And yet they have persistently failed to accept Jesus Christ into their lives. And there are those then, those who having heard the story of Jesus at one time pledged their allegiance to Him. And yet over the years they've grown cold and indifferent. Just like the inn in Bethlehem in that far off day, there are multitudes of people in our world, people living and dying every day, who have no room for Jesus in their hearts. Why? Why is it that there is no room for Jesus? Maybe that innkeeper so long ago, maybe he failed to make room for Jesus because he just, well, he wasn't expecting Jesus. And since he wasn't expecting me, he didn't make any room for him. Perhaps he had no thought of his coming. He had no hope of his coming. That's the way it is with a lot of people in our day and time. You know, to a great degree, we've become a jaded society and have lost our expectancy. And we're exceedingly short on hope sometimes. Actually, that's one of the predominant characteristics of our age is a lack of hope. One of the great needs of the church of the 21st century is for the church to recover its lost note of expectancy. Our lack of hope, our negativity, 
our woe is me, the sky is falling mentality may defeat our Lord and shut Him out of our lives as effectively as positive sin. In the New Testament, you can read of a certain village that Jesus visited one day and no big transforming deeds were done there. Why? Simply because the villagers expected nothing at the hands of Jesus. Then maybe the innkeeper. Maybe he shut the door in Jesus' face because he didn't recognize Him. Jesus came to His door as the unborn Christ. So to be completely fair, the innkeeper in that far off day did not have the same chance that you and I have. But his failure to recognize Jesus was due far more to the fact he was not expecting him than the guise in which Jesus came. And oftentimes, that's the way things are. It's easy to fail to recognize someone that we're not expecting to see. How often do we run into an old classmate or an old friend we haven't seen in a number of years? And we're not expecting to see them. And we run into them somewhere. They look familiar. Have you ever had to go, I know, what's your name? Oh yeah, and it was maybe someone you ate lunch with on a regular basis when you were in high school or something. Of course, I understand it a lot of the times because so many of the people I went to high school with, they look so old now. That's one reason, Leon, I don't go to a class reunion. I don't want to go to a reunion with all those old people. Maybe we don't expect Him. We're not expecting to see them. You remember after Jesus was crucified? Two of his heartbroken friends were on their way back home to a little place called Emmaus. They felt like there was nothing else to do. The Lord was dead. All their glad hopes had come to nothing. And as Cleopas and his companion made their way home to Emmaus, tearfully, sadly, Jesus drew near to them and Jesus actually walked with them. He not only walked with them, He actually entered into a conversation with them. And Cleopas and his companion, they failed to recognize Jesus. They didn't know it was the Lord until they got to their little humble home and He offered thanks for their meal. Their lack of expectancy put out their eyes and they couldn't see Him. <coughs> and yet... In that far off day, there were those who did recognize the Christ. They recognized Him though He was disguised as a little child. There was a sainted man by the name of Simeon who was a part of that elect group. Luke tells us the story of Simeon in Luke chapter 2. Simeon held the baby Jesus in his arms. Here's what he says in Luke chapter 2 and verses 29 and 30. Lord, 
Now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Are you listening? For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. We never know what guise our Lord may knock on our door in. He may come with a gnawing hunger and a burning thirst. He may come through the consciousness of our weakness or a sense of the sheer futility of life as we're living it. He may come and knock on our door through a call to service. This innkeeper, maybe he didn't open the door to Jesus simply because he didn't want him. You realize that that's the case with a lot of people in our world today? They simply don't want Jesus Christ. I don't mean we would not want Jesus as our guest if we could have Him on our own terms. If we could have Jesus come into our lives on our terms, oh, we'd be happy for that. But we can't have Jesus into our life on our terms. It has to be on His terms. There are those in the New Testament Jesus came to them, and they didn't receive Him. There was Governor Felix and his wife, Drusilla, in Acts chapter 24. Paul preached to Felix. Paul reasoned with Felix about judgment when he was sitting in judgment on others. He reasoned with him about righteousness when Felix was unrighteous. He reasoned with him about temperance when Felix was intemperate. He reasoned with him about judgment that was coming and Felix was sitting in judgment on others. You know what Felix's reaction was? He heard Paul preach Jesus Christ. And when Paul preached Jesus Christ and Paul preached about righteousness and temperance and judgment to come, you know what Felix did? Felix trembled. He was so overtaken with emotion. And you know what he did about it? Absolutely nothing. He sent the preacher away. He said, Paul, go on your way. And sometime when it's more convenient for me, I'll call on you. He didn't want Jesus on Jesus' terms. Or that rich young ruler you read about in Mark chapter 10. This young man, he comes running to Jesus and he falls down at his feet. There's enthusiasm there. And he looks up at Jesus and said, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, if you would enter into life, keep the commandments. And, Jesus, and he said, What commandments? And Jesus enumerated the commandments. The young man said, I've kept these from my youth up. What lack I yet? You've got enthusiasm. You've got this good young man. And Jesus said, well, if you want to be complete, go and sell all that you have. Give the money to the poor and come and follow me. Mark tells us the young man went away sadly because he had great possessions. He comes running to Jesus. I can see him as he comes running. He falls down at his feet. Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus was able to look into his heart.
The problem with that young man wasn't the fact that he had great possessions. Looking into his heart, Jesus could see that those possessions were more important to him than he would have been. And so Jesus said, go sell all you've got and give the money to the poor. And this young man that comes running and falls down at Jesus' feet, I see him just turn, hang his head and walk away. He says he went away sadly because he had great possessions. Because he couldn't have Jesus on his terms. And if there are those that don't want Jesus because he's too exacting, there are others <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> who do not want to desire Jesus. Because they fail to see that Jesus is infinitely rewarding. Jesus brings to my life and brings to your life, Jesus brings to us treasures of priceless value. And the coming of Jesus means the coming of peace. He makes it real. The song the angels sang above the starlit hills of Bethlehem, Jesus makes that song real for us. What has to happen is, we have to make room for Jesus in the end of our hearts. Where that innkeeper said there was no vacancy, we've got to find a vacancy. We've got to find room in our heart. For Jesus Christ. And we do that. Begin that. With simple trusting faith. That Jesus is the son of God. We turn our back on sin. Through repentance. We confess his name before men. And we're buried then in the waters of baptism. For the remission of past sins. And that brings Jesus into our hearts. Sometimes after we've done those things, we decide that it's time for an eviction notice. And we evict Him out of the end of our hearts. We stop letting Him control our lives. He's no longer Lord and Master of our lives. We no longer allow Jesus to dwell in our hearts. It's then we need to come back to the Lord. Invite Him into our heart once again and let brothers and sisters pray with us and pray for us. I don't know what's going on in your world today. I don't know if Jesus is Lord and Master of your life. I don't know if Jesus is abiding in the end of your heart. Are there changes you need to make? Changes that need to be made for Jesus to be Lord of your life. We can help you make those changes. We'd like to do that if you'll give us the opportunity as we stand and while we sing.